0: Hello folks, hello everyone, welcome to the 33rd episode of the Startup Blender podcast. I'm your host Ucha, and our guest today is Federico, data-driven product design. Originally, he's from Italy, but he has spent the last eight years of his life living in the Netherlands. In the beginning, he went there for his master's studies, and then he decided to stay there to explore more about the startup world. He has started many interesting initiatives since then, including the Design Accelerator, which is a UX UI studio. Our conversation in this podcast was actually very interesting. Let's hear more from Federico now. Welcome everybody to the Startup Blender, the podcast about startup life and some other stuff. Hello Federico, welcome to our podcast. Uh, Thanks for being our guest today. How are you?
1: Hey, good afternoon, Asia. Thanks a lot for having me here. Then, great, thanks. Quite excited about the, the interview we're having. But I have to say, yeah, before we start, you said, from Italy, who lives in the Netherlands, actually, now I would just say, uh, <laughs> from the Netherlands, actually, it's eight years now. As yeah, I, wow. As I will probably yeah. uh, tell you more in the conversation we're having today. Absolutely, yeah, I
0: can imagine. But yeah, to get rid of, to get our listeners up to speed, tell us about you. Who are you? What you do?
1: Yeah, well, my name is Federico, um, I'm 32 years old now, Living in the Netherlands, I've been moving here eight years ago, um, well, first to pursue my passion, which was to see more of the world, make new experiences, challenge myself more than what I was, I uh, yeah, I'm born and raised in a place in Italy, and then at some point in my life, I decided that I wanted more adventure than, than what I had, so I quit everything and moved here. Um, And Well, in my my previous life, I started as a lawyer, uh, but then I discovered that it was not really something for me. Um, I wanted, say, something a bit more proactive. So after a quick experience in a startup in Amsterdam, uh, in business development role, I then thought, yeah, why don't I start my own startup? Um, It sounded like something very interesting, an interesting challenge. Uh, so, around six years ago, together with another guy, we started a fintech startup here in Utrecht uh, with the idea of helping people with uh, manage their personal finance. Well, from there, I fell in love with the whole startup world. Um, things that I liked most were uh, product growth, product strategy, uh, user experience, obviously, which is what I do now. So, after around six years of experience in the fintech world, I then decided to doubled down on my passion which is really user experience and growth and that's how i started design accelerator last year
0: wow this seems very interesting and it seems uh, that we have a lot to talk about during the podcast but uh, before we talk about your startup journey uh you mentioned that you moved to netherlands eight years ago what there was there a particular reason like did you go for studies or you just went there and then you started your international student life there
1: well, um, it's a bit like when you do, let's say, customer interviews, right? So there is always the surface, which is what you see. And then when you dive deeper, you see that there is always something behind. Uh, if you would have asked me uh, when I moved here, I would have said, yeah, I'm coming here for, for my master, came here to study. Uh, but actually it took me a couple of years to realize that the, the, say, the deeper need behind that was really, what I told you before, um yeah the the desire to start something new a new adventure new challenges and that's really what motivated me
0: very nice uh and yeah speaking of that tell us about your international student life in the netherlands how was it i guess you did two years
1: yeah, well, it was one year, uh, but I can tell you for sure that I made it count as <laughs> two. Well, try, try to imagine that you, you started working, as it was my case when I was in Italy. And then when I moved here, I quit my job and then I had an extra ticket for a year as a student. So, um, yeah, what you realize is that, you know, um, I've, been, oh, I've been doing some, someone doing everything always very fast in my life. And so when I decided to stop to get my second master, actually, um, so to move here and study again, I thought like, yeah, okay, well, I know that I have so many years of my life to be, uh, let's say, a brilliant and dedicated professional. Uh, Nothing would change if I take one year off and I really fool my student life to the max. So I wasn't focusing so much on having, let's say, the highest grades, uh, but definitely to enjoy my, my student life here in Utrecht. And then, yeah, it's probably the best year of my life as I, as I can remember. Nice. Uh,
0: were yeah. there like, uh, I know that Netherlands is a country for students that is really well-known for outside the school activities. Like there are a lot of student organizations, initiatives popping up. Were you part of any of this?
1: Yeah, I was part of one. I was part of ESN, which has been also a brilliant network.
0: Um, You're an ESN, so, too.
1: Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I'm you a- too. Uh, I'm a big part of ESN. Oh, that is brilliant. I,
0: I've been in ESN for the past five years. I used to be in We didn't know that before and...
1: starting this. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, where have you been to in your experience?
0: Absolutely wonderful, actually. I started. I learned in ESN, then I applied to the startup world, and uh, um, yeah, everything then so ended up. But ESN has been such a big part of my international student life, too. And I guess to oh, millions okay, of other people, yeah
1: okay and where were you based with ESN
0: uh Tali. uh so I did my uh, I was a board member in ESN Taltic it's a student okay. university where I used to study and then after mm-hmm. graduating I was uh, I mean I'm still a member of ESN Tali
1: well that's uh well that's a lot of fun for me it was a similar experience actually um I started with a yeah being part of ESN as a member so joining their activities and at some point it was so fun that I said yeah why don't I contribute more actively to what they're saying. Um, I remember when I joined I was one of the very few people here that was not Dutch. Um, and that has also been let's say a perfect onboarding in the Dutch society in a way is that I started to work with I think we were roughly 80 people or so. Um, most of them were Dutch people. Um, so you also start to get a better grip on the culture way of doing uh, way of life and so on. So, yeah, this has been a brilliant experience.
0: That's very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Uh, very, very pleasant surprise to hear that you're all. Also- yeah,
1: indeed. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the funny thing is that, say, now connecting this experience to work experience and to show how, um, at least to me, um, I think that, yeah, in life, you never really, you really never know what can happen to you. Yeah. Um, when I started working with BITIC, so maybe previous company um, all my network and also some of the people that I hired at some point uh, they were all coming from esN which is brilliant yeah and still now I have great connections and a lot of people that I yeah. regularly meet up with
0: absolutely amazing and then after your international student and esN experiences which is huge uh, you went and dove deep into the startup world what was the story behind it how did you start your first
1: steps. Yeah, I think um, what was extremely interesting for me about the startup world is that um, I found it fascinating, this whole idea of, first of all, being at the forefront of innovation, which is something which was very interesting for me. Um, But also um, what attracted me was the idea of a new way of working. So um, a way of working, which is more um, which values more, um, let's say, substance over form. Um, the idea of initiative, which is definitely appealing to me. Um, but I, but to, to be honest with you, I also had no idea of what working in a startup really was. So, uh, well, I say that I was crazy enough uh, and lucky enough to apply than then, uh, been accepted uh, in a business development role uh, in a startup in, in Amsterdam. Um, It was a very short experience, actually, Uh, but that was really what first what gave me an idea of what startup really is. And that also what made me think like, oh, okay, well, um, why don't I do it myself? Actually, um, yeah, the same uncertainty that you have when you work there is also the uncertainty that you face as a founder. So I said, well, the uncertainty is something that I will not do without in any case. But at least as a founder, you are more in control of the choices and you can really decide, let's go in this direction or that direction. So, yeah, it was that's really how it started without thinking too much about it. Yeah, that's that's
0: how the best stories start in life, right?
1: (laughs) Sometimes. Also the worst, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Well, actually, that's how all the adventures start. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad. All right, very nice. And uh how I know after that experience you started your own initiative, which was a fintech company. Yeah. Right? So what's the story behind it? How did you find this? Yeah, so
1: what was the story behind it? That um I I always had a passion for uh for finance and personal finance. That's something that was very interesting for me. I independently started investing um, say even before uh, YouTube was populated by uh, people helping you with investing decisions and so on. Uh, I guess for for some reason for me like uh, for a lot of people of my age uh, the investments world is something which is very interesting Um, the idea that you can really contribute to your future in an active way um, and that's why we, I decided together with my co-founder back then to, to start Bitic, which was initially a solution for people to have a better grip over their personal finance. Nice, that's interesting. And
0: how I know you, you and your team together with a lot of efforts, you managed to scale the project at some level, right?
1: Yeah, correct. So we we started here in the Netherlands. Um, and um, after a first phase, well, we started B2C. Um, and that's also when we realized that we needed a license. So, you know, obviously, open banking and PS2. Um, so we applied for a license in another country in the European Union. So we, we also grew there. Uh, next to that also, the fact that your operations extend so you obviously have to start operation in a different country um and i think that was also kind of a wake-up call on the fact that we uh yeah we needed to be yeah not really thinking like a startup anymore so also all the things that you uh, have probably seen or heard of of uh, control framework and uh, mitigating risk and so on they those things, they had to be in place um, if we wanted to get a license. So that was really a way to, uh, to become more mature.
0: Great. And uh, my next question goes, what were the challenges for you to actually scale this business? You're like, all right, this thing is working in the Netherlands, let's just take it somewhere else. What were mm-hmm. the challenges for
1: you in that process? Well, um, I think that's, uh, in order to scale, what you need to have is also a system that supports that. And um, sometimes you prepare for things. Other times things, say, happen before you even realize that. So um, I think in our case, we, the, the necessity to grow abroad, probably um, it wasn't something that we, that we were fully prepared for. And a lot of things, like the impact of certain things, we only realized it um, once we were kind of in the middle of it. So uh, yeah, that was something something interesting to notice. Uh, but yeah, as I, as I said to you, uh, we, we managed. Um, it was also very interesting to see that we kind of had to grow uh, faster and that well, we were all lucky enough to have more senior people on board that could help us with that. Um, so it has been, yeah, definitely a brilliant venture and interesting to see what, yeah, what we managed to accomplish uh, once we had this goal of getting our license.
0: That's very interesting, actually. Um, for you, based on the experience from this startup, like starting it and scaling it, what would you say were um, kind of, Uh, takeaways or more like how did your experience as an international student like you know how it is right like you go to the new country you got to figure out many different things you become like an entrepreneur in your life you're building your life like you're building a startup how did this experience help you in the startup world a couple of years later when you actually started
1: well um in general, as a person, I've always been quite open to risk and opportunity. Um, I've been doing that, starting everything anew when I moved here. Didn't know anyone, had never been here before, um, so I kind of learned for myself to to deal with risk and to um, to understand how much appetite for risk I have and how much risk I can sustain. Obviously, say no matter what your appetite. For Risk is there's always a point in which you uh, say cannot chew anymore. And I think it's also good for yourself to know when that point is. Uh, otherwise, there are huge risks on site. So, um, yeah, realizing that uh, I get thrilled by risk and challenge also made me think, like, okay, that's also how I want to design my life in a way. Um, I don't want something which is just, you know, comfortable but boring. Um even though I have a huge respect for old people that have a more uh, con- comfortable position or less risky position, I think there is a lot of a lot, of, a lot that you can do there. Um, you can definitely contribute a lot and bring a lot of innovation there. Uh, but for myself, I knew that uh, say uh, a certain dose of risk was also, say the salt on my on my meal. Uh, so that's that's what I wanted. And certainly yeah, for, with my second company, it has been a conscious decision to say, well, after the first adventure, um, I said, okay, what do I want to do with my life now? Uh, I think as it happens to a lot of founders who conclude their first experience with their first company, then the question comes like, what do you want to do? Uh, do I want to be hired by someone? Do I want to? start another company, work alone, Uh, and not starting from zero, but actually building up on all the things that I learned during first experience. Interesting, yeah. Uh, Yeah, the reason
0: why I'm asking this is because, uh, well, our uh, listeners mostly are international students who would like to step into the startup world. and, And... I I strongly believe the connection between those two being an international student is such an entrepreneurial thing to do. And um, yeah, I just see a lot of correlations between like, moving to a new country and starting a new life and having these new challenges. At the same time, starting a new company having no resources, everything is burning, you need to (laughs) raise funds, all that stuff. Uh, So yeah, very, uh, very interesting insights. All right, and that actually brings me to my next question. So after this FinTech startup, you started working on a design accelerator, right?
1: Yeah, so design accelerator is the name of the second company that I started, that was last year. Uh, As I said to you, I decided that I wanted to do more of the things that I liked. Uh, So namely, helping other people with user experience, product and growth. Um, uh, But for Design Accelerator, my idea was not to grow, say, as a startup with external capital, external investors, uh, but more something that stays, um, say, the kind of company that you can scale at a more sustainable pace. Um, So that doesn't need external funding. Um, Design Accelerator actually... Is a UX studio for uh, startups and scaleups that want to be helped with uh, UX that helps them grow. So uh, that helps generate traction in form of engagement and conversion. Um, and my idea for it, yeah, is to, uh, to keep it as set something that will grow at a sustainable pace. Nice.
0: And uh, what are the objectives for you as an organization? Where are you trying to go?
1: Well, the, the objective number one is to really add value, as I said, to you with companies that want to grow with products that are loved by their users. Um, what I noticed and what was for me the reason to start as an accelerator is that there is, there is a huge problem in the market, a huge misconception of um, founders that think that user experience is just about design. The problem with that is that um, this kind of misconception leads to uh, a lot of loss because often the the UX designer is brought into the process only when it's too late. So what you see often happening is that uh, some, say, new features, new solutions are developed and launched. uh, And then sometimes, oftentimes, actually, they fail. And then, you know, when you do the post-mortem, uh, why did it fail? Is because no one bothered validating it with the user. And then the role of the designer was just like, yeah, design a beautiful interface. But actually, user experience is much more than just a beautiful interface. Uh, user experience is really about understanding why people use or don't use your product.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting to hear about your uh, company, the organization. Uh, what is the
1: stage that you're at right now with the Design Accelerator? Yeah, so I started last year. Um, I was quite lucky to have all the network that I built up with my previous experience. So um, I had other companies, scale-ups and startups that asked me to, to help them with the challenges that we're having. Um, I'm having interesting clients. So primarily companies that already, already have a product and have a product market fit. So recurrent revenue from recurrent customers um, and that want to better grow, grow with um, a better user experience. So uh, generating more engagement for those companies and help with a referral system within the platforms. Um, so this kind of challenge is, I think it's very interesting because um, you have the chance to then do again what you've done in different industries, different environments. I think that's very challenging. Um, I started last year and uh, at this point I have two people that helped me taking right. on some larger projects but what I said to myself well also uh, based on the learnings that I had before um, don't rush too much hiring people so right. I said to myself that for year one I am not hiring anyone on let say on the payroll open to external cooperation but as long as I don't have um, certainty on the uh, the stream of new work, um, then it's. I think it's better decision to um, to have more flexible corporations. But obviously exactly. things will change soon because I, yeah, these things are going quite well. So I'm also looking at hiring one to two persons within, uh, say, the next autumn. That's yeah, very interesting probably interesting for people that listen to your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody apply.
0: Um, design <laughs> accelerator, new up and coming. UX design uh, agency uh, very nice uh, so uh, I think you just brought up a very interesting topic uh, that is like often misunderstood from the new founders that's like they are making many mistakes in the beginning by like hiring people when they they don't have enough work to give them or they don't have this recurring customers so they cannot really pay them Uh, Speaking of that and the common mistakes, uh, do you have any failures and learnings on your startup journey that you would like to
1: share? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Tons of that. Um, I think that I was lucky enough, and in general, we were lucky enough that the uh, failures we had uh, never killed our company. But I think the the life of any entrepreneur has uh, a lot of moments of uh, failure, sometimes issues or problems that at times seem very hard to face. Um, It's in general, it's always a roller coaster. Um, Some of those, actually, I wouldn't call them necessarily, it's a failure. Uh, I think it's a failure only the moment that you don't manage to learn something out of it, or it's so hard that really forces you to stop your journey. Um, But for me, well, there is obviously the operational part, like the things that we discussed, like uh, don't hire someone when it's too soon to do that. Or how do you deal when the moment that you're starting to run out of cash, and then you have to make harsh decision about uh, reducing salaries or firing people, or sometimes both. Um, Another is there is also, The other part that is more like on team part and values, Uh, for example, one of the mistakes that I've done is not to understand or ask myself what was the importance of values from day one. Um, When I started my first journey, I was all about, well, I just like to get things done. So, uh, you know, I'm not thinking too much about like values. What are values like? sustainability or integrity, this kind of things. Yeah, obviously we do have them, Um, but I didn't realize how important they were. Um, I was, yeah, just out of university. So um, for me, the question was more, yeah, probably I was just trying to find my way into the world and how to do that was less relevant. Um, But I actually then realized that values are what you make up uh, yeah, wake up in the morning, uh, going to work happy, uh, that motivates you you know, to keep working uh, also when you're facing failure uh, and not being aligned on values with your team uh, really makes it unsustainable on the long term. So I ask myself, what are things that are very important for me? And things like Enthusiasm, but also determination, uh, or, for example, playfulness, uh, are very important to me. You know, I like to end every meeting uh, more enthusiastic than how I was when I started. I think that's very important. And if you don't manage to convey that to me, actually, that's a problem that I want to solve. So, why did the energy go down instead of up during the meeting? All these things are very important for me.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's very interesting. Alright uh, thank you very much for sharing all these insights about your startup experiences i think uh, yeah the listeners and me too actually as a up and coming entrepreneur uh, got a lot of uh, valuable lessons from it now let's move on to your life in the netherlands um, and this is the question i kind of ask to everybody because we have a lot of passion in our podcast so what are the things that you love and hate about living uh, in uh, the netherlands as an international
1: Okay, well, love and hate. Um, well, obviously, the things that I love are more than things that I hate. Otherwise, I wouldn't decide. I wouldn't have decided to to stay here. In general, the Netherlands is a brilliant country. Uh, you know, there's more material things uh, like the weather, like the fact that, for example, here in Utrecht, uh, I think it's very hard to find a decent pizza to eat <laughs> as an Italian person. But actually, the things that are more important are. Uh, yeah then once again things that are intangible so to say what i love about the dutch culture which i think has also changed me is that in general and then obviously that requires some generalization but what i love about dutch people is that once they want something they go for it so there is you know there is a phase of talking but once something has been decided then you just go for it and also you ask yourself how do i get there and that's a mindset and a way of working that I notice is also important when you work. So often things always come with a plan. And when you do something, there is also the question of, okay, what's coming next? So you, you, you never have that sense of things are not determined. And then you do something and then you don't know what's the, the next step, which I think it's very important to succeed. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think so too. Uh,
0: This mindset of like just going for it helps Dutch people to become what they are. Uh, And I really appreciate that. All right. And finally, uh, I would like to ask you a question that is um, very, I think, valuable to our listeners for the people who want to get into the startup field. Uh, So you as an experienced uh, entrepreneur with the huge plans with your companies, uh, what would you say, what's your advice to everybody that wants to start their startup journey and don't know how to get in?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, the first advice is just to start. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of entrepreneurs that uh, didn't think that was the right time for them or they still had to get some experience. I think there is no better experience than the one you can collect Um On your skin let's say when every choice you make uh, has a direct impact on yourself on what you earn or don't earn at the end of the month Um, but the say connected to this there is something probably let's say less cliche uh, which is actually there is not a unique way of being an entrepreneur a lot of people often think i don't have the personality to be an entrepreneur But also when you compare, say, successful entrepreneurs from around the world, you notice that there is not a unique way of being an entrepreneur. So first of all, understand how you are and what are things that you need to be successful. Um, But also don't don't compare yourself to, I don't know, the Steve Jobs or Elon Musk of this world. Because the simple fact that someone has, I don't know, written a book saying that you have to do a b and c and don't have to do xyz it doesn't mean that it necessarily applies to you make your own mistake and being an entrepreneur is also about challenging the status quo and try to. especially if you're an entrepreneur in the digital and innovation sector um i mean your idea is to try to do things that no one has ever done before you so uh don't don't think that you can do or cannot do something just because you've read it in a book
0: Interesting, yeah, very nice. All right, uh, thank you very much for taking your time and being ah, to you, on our podcast. Jack. Yeah, it has
1: been a pleasure.
0: Uh, it was uh, very interesting to hear your story in our podcast. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Follow us on your favorite social media and check out the next episode. Ta da!